Good morning. It's February 9th. It's a little bit overcast here in New York City. And this is your Indignity Morning Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Skoka, taking a look at the day and the news. A lot of big things happened yesterday, most of them bad. This morning's New York Times leads with two columns under the headline, Supreme Court appears set to rule that states can't disqualify Trump. Subhead, justices focus on Constitution, not January 6th. What that means is that the justices set about trying to convince themselves and each other that if they ignore the fact that Donald Trump used violence to try to prevent the normal constitutional transfer of power, thereby rendering himself ineligible for office under the plain text of the 14th Amendment's Insurrection Clause, and focus instead on the abstract question of how exactly the clause would be enforced, they can raise all sorts of hypothetical questions about how the clause might be abused against people who, unlike Donald Trump, didn't try to overthrow the constitutional system of government. It's true it's not especially far-fetched to imagine Republican state legislators in one of the more fanatically abusive states declaring that supporting bail reform or just being a member of the Democratic Party is an act of insurrection that disqualifies you from holding office. But in the event that they tried that, it seems like the Supreme Court would have the power to undo such an obvious abuse. But by all indications, they're going to refuse to deal with the current constitutionally obvious but politically difficult problem in the name of preventing politically easy hypothetical future problems. Directly underneath that story, for painful and embarrassing contrast, is a dispatch from Rio de Janeiro under the headline, Bolsonaro and his allies plotted coup to defy election, police say. Here, the Times is using its someone-said-something approach to the news as a newspaper of record to somewhat bury the point of the story. The lead says former President Jair Bolsonaro of Brazil oversaw a broad conspiracy to hold on to power regardless of the results of the 2022 election, including personally editing a proposed order to arrest a Supreme Court justice, according to accusations unveiled on Thursday by the Brazilian federal police. That's all well and good, and and instructively parallel to certain American news events. But then when you get to the fourth paragraph, you arrive, still sort of by the back door, at the actual news. The explosive allegations were contained in a 134-page court order that authorized a sweeping federal police operation on Thursday that targeted Mr. Bolsonaro and about two dozen of his political allies, including Brazil's former defense minister, former national security advisor, former justice minister, and former head of the Navy. The operation involved search warrants and arrest warrants for four people, including two army officers and two of Mr. Bolsonaro's former top aides. Mr. Bolsonaro was ordered to hand over his passport, to remain in the country, and to have no contact with any other people under investigation. This is what it looks like when a country understands that trying to overthrow an election is a crime, and that the people who do such a thing will be a danger until they are punished, with the punishment reaching all the way to the top. Instead, in the United States... Yesterday's other big news was a giant boost to the hopes of Donald Trump to get back what he couldn't quite seize by force in 2021, as special counsel Robert K. Herr, investigating Joe Biden's alleged mishandling of classified documents, concluded that no prosecutable crime had been committed, and then went to great lengths to portray Biden as senile and not responsible for his own actions. The front-page news analysis of this oddly avoids assigning agency to the special counsel. The subject of the first sentence is the decision on Thursday not to file criminal charges, as if the decision itself were an active party in the world. 
Then the story says, the investigation into Mr. Biden's handling of the documents after being vice president concluded that he was a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory and had diminished faculties in advancing age. Such startling assertions that they prompted a fiery and emotional attempt at political damage control from the president within hours. Again, the subject of the sentence here is the investigation. Apparently a process grew fingers and learned to type. When Robert Herr, the human being who actually made these decisions, finally appears in the story, he's nestled inside a phrase about how Biden blasted the report by Robert K. Herr, the special counsel, rather than putting Herr's own decision and judgment in the foreground. Does Joe Biden have a shaky memory? Probably. Is Robert Herr a disinterested and qualified evaluator on that question? Doesn't seem like it. But once again, the tradition in the name of scrupulousness of letting a prosecutor who failed to make a case write a sour grapes report has allowed the prosecutor to inflict gratuitous political damage on the target. Great system we got going here. That is the news. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to Indignity to keep us going. And if all goes well, we will talk again on Monday. Enjoy the weekend. Hello, this is your pal Joe McLeod, the producer of the Indignity Morning Podcast. Please check out FlamingHydra.com right now. FlamingHydra.com, F-L-A-M-I-N-G-H-Y-D-R-A.com. Do it!